What's going on, Niner fam? It is Peter Lucas. This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast, and we got day two, day two of training camp. Uh, got a little bit of reaction, and man, I, I want to start off by saying my mouth is burning right now. <laughs> my my uh, my wife made uh, dinner, and I decided, you know, I was going to be a big tough guy and put a bunch of ghost pepper hot sauce on top like it was normal hot sauce. And now my lips are feel like I feel like uh, I got lip injections right now. Like uh, they're just pumping like my heart. <laughs> but yeah, it's we're going to get through it, though. And so today, day two of training camp. And there was a lot, a lot to be said, a lot that that a lot that uh, that freaked a lot of people out. And we're going to talk about it. But, you know, before we get to any of that, you know, we got to hit the music. Ladies and gentlemen, I like to know. Are you ready for start time? And once again, it is Peter Lucas. This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. You could be anywhere, but you're here with me. So I appreciate you. And make sure that you give this video a like. Make sure that you give it a subscribe. Make sure that you hit the bell so you get the notifications for when I go live. But day two of training camp. Everybody was stoked. Brock Purdy. He's back. And womp, womp, womp. It, it was kind of a letdown. I would I would say like from everything from all reports, it was a little bit of a letdown. I think people were expecting him to just come in and set the tone and be and be the Brock like that that won all those games last year. And yeah, I mean he just came off of major surgery, <laughs> and the rust showed. From what I understand, I wasn't there, but I but we we've been hearing all day from people that were, and the offense as a whole today in training camp struggled, and it, it really it really comes down to the same thing every single off season. I've been doing my show for this is my second off season that uh, that I've been doing my show, and. It's it, it's not surprising if you've been paying attention to I've been on Twitter, I want to say like heavily for the last maybe two and a half, three years, maybe I think maybe three. I think this is my third off season uh, being on Twitter heavily. And th this is the thing. It happens this way every single season. Every single season, we have a really good defense uh, on this 49er team. Uh, we've got a new voice in D.C., Steve Wilkes, that we'll get to a little bit later. And there's something to be said for, for having a number one defense and playing against a number one defense. And what I want to say what's up to my guy, Brent Culp. Appreciate you coming through. Absolutely. I don't know any other way. And the, the, uh, but make sure that you check out Brian Culp and his show, him and uh, David McNiner. They do a great, they do great things over there on their channel. Make sure you give them a subscribe. But yeah, so we have a great defense. And I'm not making excuses for Purdy, but then look at, look, listen to this. It wasn't just Purdy that struggled. Trey Lance was up and down. He made a few good throws. Like it's kind of the same thing that we've come come to kind of expect. I think people were were impressed with with Lance's the the fact that he was getting the ball out quicker, which which I'm excited about. I think that that 
that that's part of that was one of the things that I felt like needed to he needed to work on was just being decisive and getting the ball out, not waiting, just making a decision and going. And I think that uh, while some people might think of of these guys struggling in camp as a bad thing and they're counting completion percentages and all that other stuff. Uh, and talking about the oh, with the ball placement and and all these things, right? Camp just started. <laughs> Camp just started, and it's. Oh, I appreciate I appreciate you, man. I just appreciate you coming through. Like, uh, uh, there's there's like five other lives going on right now, and so I appreciate you coming through. And uh, yeah, I appreciate the chat always. You guys always come through. I like uh, it. It always it amazes me. The, the loyalty of Niner fans and how much love people have shown me over the past couple of years. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate everybody, but, uh, but yeah, it, it just baffles me what people think is supposed to happen on day two of training camp. And that I guess these guys are just because they've been working all off season on their, their mechanics and their release and all that. kind And yeah, like, I mean, Purdy couldn't even do any of that. He was just trying to rehab and get back. And from what I'm understanding, somebody said something about he's limited somehow. I don't. I don't know. He didn't say any of that in the in the interview that he did. So I don't. I don't know where they're getting that from. But the the issue with the 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 biggest thing for that I think I want to see, and that I think that uh, that I think a lot of the coaching staff because I think a lot of some and I and I'm gonna stress some <clears throat> beat writers and national writers, they get <clears throat> sorry, I, I had that ghost pepper and it is really killing me right now. Uh, but but yeah, so what a lot of those writers look at, they just want they know what what fans want. They want to hear that their quarterback came in and was like four of six, four of five, and made a great throw down the sideline. And he's ready for camp. He's like, uh, they're they're the the run offense is already running running on all cylinders, and they want to see the the big time throws and all that kind of stuff. But guess what? <laughs> guess what? It's that's not. It's maybe it's just not time for that. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, the coaching staff wants to just see them be decisive, You get used to just making decisions, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, running running plays against a defense, a number one ty- uh, type of defense that that you can't really get stuff past. And maybe Kyle's coming up with ways to to defeat that type of defense. I don't know if anybody ever and the only reason why I think of this is because of a couple of podcasts that I've been listening to uh, the play callers. I uh, hopefully everybody went out and, and listened to that and then quarterback, the quarterback thing on Netflix. But man, it, it gives you some insight into these guys thought process and why them performing great in practice isn't really that important. It's really not that important right now. Um, I don't think that that's, I think that they're looking for the nuances of what uh, to see from these quarterbacks. Are they like we just talked about, are they decisive? Are they just making a decision? And what is what they're seeing the correct thing in the moment? Or is there just throw just off a little bit? And can they fit air is, are these things fixable? Because if you're not see if you're not making the right read pre-snap and you're not right and you're not seeing the play correctly, I think is way more important than than did he make the play? Did he make the throw right now in the second day of camp? I think it's all about what they what they're seeing. And I think that that's that's an in, that's a because if you if you hear the if you heard the press conferences today from the players the uh, Steve Wilkes was on there 
And and granted, Steve Wilkes should be happy because he made the offense look terrible today. I get it. But uh, they interviewed Trent Williams, and he was he made some comments about like he seems bought in on on Brock. He really see he talked he talked about talking to Brock in the off during the off season, and he's not worried about about Brock being nervous or coming back or whatever. He says that's really not Brock's character. Uh, and you've got to, I, I trust these players more than I trust people that just see a couple of missed throws and, and go and start flying off a handle. Like, uh, and, th- and this is the thing I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I don't care who, I don't care who the quarterback is. I just want to win. Like, uh, if Trey Lance shows that he's the best quarterback in the system, Great, great, because honestly, he gives you the best, the most upside. And uh, if he can get it and make it and make it and make this offense his, it it would it would really be the best case scenario for everybody. But with that being said, Brock was running, was running this offense already at a high level. And it was unfortunate for Trey just to not be to not be available. I mean. The best ability is availability. It's not that's not a knock on Trey. That's just the reality of the situation. If you can't be on the field, then how are you supposed to impress anybody? And how is the how is the coaching staff supposed to um they're they're looking at the people that are on that are on the field that are that are producing. So I wish that I, I just I want Trey to show up and show out more than anybody like uh, but I but it was it was pretty wild in Twitter spaces today <laughs> like uh, but oh my boys in the house Adam appreciate you coming through uh, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it, it's really it's really just uh, man uh I'm, and I'm gonna. I want to. I want to start how I was supposed to start the show. So, talking about the rough day for the offense. Should we, you know, should we be panicking on the second on the second day of training camp? Because uh, I was in a Twitter space today, and and there was, you know, you had it. You had it both ways. You had some people that were pretty level headed about the situation, and then you had your uh your people that were that were obvious obviously Trey Trey fans which is fine <laughs> which is fine uh but when you go as far as to as to say the coach isn't doing their job because he didn't pick the guy that you want I mean it's the second day of training camp he they've already told you who the leader in the clubhouse is. And I don't care how you want to take that comment. He's telling you again because he got all of the first the first uh the first the uh, the reps with the with the the first round reps or whatever you want to call it. He got all of that today. And and Trey and Sam Darnold split the the second second team reps. So I mean they're telling you without telling you and we can speculate all we want to. We can speculate all we want to about, well, you know, Trey is still showing us this. He should just let him that he should, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. There is no shoulda, woulda, coulda. He's telling you what he's going to do. Accept it. Accept it. And you can shout about it and all that. But I'll, t- I'll tell you this. If Shanahan wins with this team, regardless Regardless, if it's not the player that you want him to be playing, if he wins and he gets at least if he gets to wins another couple of playoff games, he's not going anywhere. He's not going to be on a hot seat. He's not going to be any. It's not going to be anything. I mean, he's a winning coach at this point. So he's not going to like we can get frustrated and I and I don't hold it against anybody for getting frustrated because honestly, uh, this through this whole tenure of Trey Lance and this the whole QB saga, 
I've been frustrated multiple times. But at a certain point, you have to see the writing on the wall and you have to accept it. You have to accept the fact that your uh, that the guy that you want is not the guy that they're choosing. And but the odds are is he's going to get to play anyway. If you look at Shani's track record, he's probably going to get to play anyway at some point. No quarterbacks stay healthy in this system. They just don't. And that's not a knock on Shanny. That's not blaming Shanny for anything. That's just the truth. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> it's only happened once, one season. So, uh, oh, man, my man Twins in the house. Appreciate you coming through, fam. And uh, make sure that you go and subscribe to Twin Empire, Twin Empire's uh, podcast. He does a great uh, podcast with his brother, the Bearded Brothers. Uh, man, twin, super entertaining. <laughs> Make sure that you go give my man a subscribe. And <laughs> what does he say? Oh, Twitter will give us content. And he says, "I don't will accept it until they win." I, dog, I, I, I feel you. And he says it's like the Warriors. Uh, nobody would accept them being an NBA, uh, being an NBA championship. I, do, I thought the Warriors were good before they won. I could see it coming, but they just hadn't gotten there quite yet. And then as soon as they, as soon as Steve Kerr got in the building and gave him that last little bit of hot sauce on the top, uh, that that was all it took, and they they started playing winning ba- winning basketball, winning basketball. So, but I feel you. I feel you, and like uh, I, I just wanted to. You said it. I just want to see them win. I don't care who is the starter. And, and this is real. Like t- Twin says, nobody thought a three point shooting team would uh, would win. And I, I was one of those people. That that was the general rule was that uh, jump shooting teams don't win championships. You're not, because in the playoffs, everything slows down. And the defense tightens up and like those jump shots just don't fall like they did during the re- regular season. But the for- the the Warriors should have had so much firepower that it turned the, the league on its head and it made everybody try to copy what the Warriors do. And as you can see around the league, it just made the league look terrible. I'm sorry. It just does. Uh, because everybody's trying to copy what the Warriors do and they don't have the shooters to do it. No, I have yet to see a team that could duplicate what the Warriors did. I mean, they still try. That doesn't mean they don't try, but their percentages aren't on aren't on par. And I've always thought that that was dumb to sit there and just try and and duplicate what the other team is doing when you know you don't have the players to do that. But yeah, and and uh, you know. Until you win, folks will always be critical, and that and that is not uh, that is a truer statement has never been said. It, like I mean, we I, I hate to keep bringing him up, but look at Andy Reid. Andy Reid was was coaching for, I mean, since the nineties, like he was coaching in the nineties and couldn't get over the hump with the with the Eagles. Just couldn't get over the hump. Got to the Super Bowl once, but just could not get over the hump, and. And then he goes to the Kansas City, and it looks like he's he's in the same spot there. Just they're good. He makes good teams, but they just they just couldn't get to that next level. I mean, I didn't expect him to get to the next level with uh, Alex Smith, but then they get Pat Mahomes, and I was I wasn't ready to crown Pat Mahomes when uh, when he came in, finally got his start. But I mean, that man, like I mean, but that's kind of proof in the pudding that you kind of need some people need that guy to take. Cause I think Pat Mahomes took Andy Reed out of his comfort zone a little bit. He took him away from what he normally wants to do in structure and, and, and almost made him accept the little quirkiness of Pat Mahomes game and his off script stuff and making him accept it. Maybe that's what Kyle needs. We don't know. We don't know, but we won't know until we see it. But I think that that is the next level for Kyle is that he needs somebody to be good enough 
to take him out of his comfort zone and to just let it let let uh you call your plays but when it when the guy has to go off script and just let it happen just let it happen let the guy be great so yeah i think that's the next level for Kyle but uh but yeah so is this with with the whole offense not being good today on the second day of training camp is this going to affect the competition between between Purdy and the other quarterbacks? It's. I think I just answered that. I don't think so. Like, why would it? It's the second day of training camp. There is so much left to go even before we get to preseason. <laughs> like, there's so much left to go. And when we get to the preseason, and even when we even when we get to preseason. We're seeing vanilla, vanilla, vanilla out there during preseason. It's literally just a tune-up. So even then, we're not seeing everything, but at the same time, it's still going to give us a, more of a chance to see what what's what and the the real maturation of maybe we see Purdy, you know, get back into his rhythm, hopefully. Hopefully we see him get into his rhythm and get into the rhythm he was at at the very least to where he was last season. I mean, I think all of us would like to see him improve and develop uh, and just be better than than his rookie year. Because usually as you as you play more, you're gonna get you're gonna get better and make the reads and maybe hit that, maybe hit that throw to IU across the middle instead of miss being a tick late and getting your arm ripped off. Just maybe. And then Trey being decisive, being commanding in that huddle and telling the guys where to be and putting them in positions to to run this offense efficiently and do the same things that Brock does, but bring a different dynamic because you do have the athleticism. Like, that's what we're looking for. Right. I think that's what everybody's looking for. And Sam Darnold, we're just looking for you to stay back there and be in an emergency in case of emergency. Break the glass. We just want you to be serviceable <laughs> like that's it. Anybody looking for any more out of Sam Darnold is I mean, it's just silly, in my opinion. And then Brandon Allen, that's a, a whole nother. They said he had a he had a much better day than he did yesterday. I mean, it, it doesn't take much to have a better day than he had yesterday. Uh, yesterday, the first day of training camp, he was terrible from all reports. But is are they going to carry four quarterbacks? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't think that they're going to carry four uh, four quarterbacks into the season. Somebody, somebody is not going to be here. They're not going to carry four four quarterbacks into the uh, into you know into the regular season. I just don't see it. Yeah, no, I don't see it. So, and does that mean that Trey is going to get traded? I don't know. Maybe maybe it means Brandon Allen gets traded to to be a second somewhere else. Who knows? I I believe that more than I believe Trey getting traded. Because I don't think he'll be able to show enough in in this uh, training camp and preseason to 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 warrant people teams like really just taking a chance on it and spending a high enough draft pick for the 49ers just to give him to I don't think they just want to give him away to somebody. I just don't th- I just don't see it. But um, you know. The next thing I want to talk about is the is the defense, uh, but oh, I got my uh, my other boy CG in the house. Appreciate you coming through, fam. Always a pleasure. And and yeah, you agree with me? Yeah, we keep in three. Uh, I the only reason why I don't agree with this and Brandon Allen on the practice squad, the is I don't think Brandon Allen would pass would pass waivers. I think that. Uh, that he was a backup to Joe Burrow last year. And if 
if they keep reporting that you know he even is serviceable, and if he looks half decent in preseason, I think somebody's gonna gonna snap him up to be to be a backup somewhere. So I don't know if he makes it to the practice squad. That would be killer. That'd be killer if he does. That'd be great. I would love it. But but yeah, like uh yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that. Like uh but Yeah, I no, I agree. Like he had a terrible day first day and then he complete and but they said he had a complete turnaround today and he looked a lot better today. He didn't get as many he's not going to get as many reps when Brock is when Brock is uh back. Once Brock is like is practicing every day where he's probably going to get the same amount of reps that Brock got last year, which is not, which is not many two and three a day. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think, uh, Brandon Allen, I think it's, uh, he's just kind of, if they get a great deal for, if they get somebody offering them a significant amount for, for Trey, I could see it. I could see them trading him. Uh, but I don't think that they're just going to give him away. I think it would take a significant offer, and that doesn't mean it has to be a first-round pick, but maybe a second. Like, I could see it. I could see them listening. I don't know. I Honestly, I don't know what they, what they would be asking for Trey because by all accounts, they've said that they have full they're, – they're, they're talking about carrying all three or all four in the camp right now. So, I, I mean, they haven't given us any indication that that's even a thought process. I think we're just all just guessing at this point. Um, yeah, that that's true. Rams may take, but I don't know that they would just because the, I don't know that they, the Rams would take him because like maybe as a third string because they've got a, uh, the guy from Georgia, uh, I can't remember his name right now. They got the guy from Georgia backing up Matt Stafford. And so I don't know. I don't know that they would. Uh, and like people are saying that, you know, I heard a lot of things like that. He They, they were thinking he's going to be solid. So I, I don't know. I think it's going to take some time. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with this, too is that uh, he said, we go with the QB situation, no need to trade Trey because of the situation we went through. I mean, that's the reason why I think that they should just, they they have his contract situation. He He's kind of stuck. <laughs> he's kind of stuck here. So why not just keep him? And you know this, the history with Shani. Just keep hold on to him and see if we can't get, and and see, just make sure that that we're not hung out to dry. Because I would say this, people, people look at other, they always talk about, oh, you got to be deep at every position. Like uh, we, we got to have a decent uh, backup quarterback, but most, most teams, most teams, if you, if your starter goes down, you're done for the season. If Brandon, if, uh, if the Bills quarterback, uh, Josh, uh, Man, how am I forgetting his name? Uh, if the Bills quarterback goes down, who's who's starting for uh, who's backing up Justin Herbert? Who's backing up? Uh, I mean, we know Brandon Allen was backing up uh, Joe Burrow, but who's backing him up now? Unlike, I mean, if one of those guys goes down, that's a wrap. If Mahomes goes down, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. They're not gonna they're not gonna go on a run with Mahomes going down. Like uh, that's. For most teams, if you lose your starter, that's a wrap. But because it happens to the 49ers so often, I think that we all just, oh, man, we better have at least two. And the 49ers are packing up at three right now because they're so scared of the of the precedent that that's been set. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Stetson Bennett. Thank you, CG. Appreciate you. And Josh Allen. How do I forget Josh Allen's name? I mean, it's just too much football. I've been looking at too much uh, 49ers uh, press conferences and, and different stuff today, like uh, for me to forget Josh Allen's name. But yeah, Josh Allen, if they, Josh Allen goes down, you're that's a wrap. 
that's a rep for the Bills. So, but that's most teams. Yeah, like, uh, but I don't think Cooper Rush is there anymore. I think he's on, uh, he said Dak on Dallas okay because Cooper Rush is solid. But I don't think Cooper Rush is still there. Like, uh, I got to I gotta look it up. But, uh, but I don't think he's there anymore. I think he went somewhere else. Uh, but let's move on. <laughs> let's move on because I don't want to br- use my whole show to talk about stuff that possibilities and hypotheticals all that kind of stuff. It, it To me, it's silliness. It's the second day of camp. Let's just get through. Let's let these guys get some reps in. Let's see what we got. Let's see what materializes. It's going to materialize for it. We don't have to guess. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work itself out. But does the defense being so good, you know, because we do have the number one defense in the league, does them being so good affect how we look when the offense struggles? And I would say it does. I would say it does. Now, some people would say that that is, that's not the way to look at it, is that your offense just has to make the right, your quarterback just needs to make the right plays. Your offense just has to do the right things. But when your defense is the number one defense in the league and it makes everyone in the league look average to below average, it's, it, it's a factor, and especially considering that number. They're so talented, and they know your offense backwards and forwards. They practice against your offense specifically on a day on a day in and day out basis. So, just you, and then those players play. They practice against you so often that they know your tendencies. They know your tendencies. Now, right now, I think that they're just working on technique. And the defense is just because they're so talented, it, it's going to look good regardless. The defense is always a step ahead of the offense in the beginning of camp anyway, every single season. And we see it year in and year out with the 49ers. We're always complaining about how bad Jimmy Garoppolo looked in practice. But once they got into the games, we would win games. So it's... It just depends. And I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is the reason why we won games. That's not what we're saying. I'm just saying that the offense looked a lot better once we got against another, a lesser than defense. So I do think that the defense being so good kind of affects how that offense, how the offense looks in training camp. It's not that I'm giving the offense an excuse, but, but I am giving them a little bit of leeway. If that makes sense. And the, uh, and yeah, twin says, heck yeah. Oh, John, John in the house. Appreciate you coming through, John. Oh, and CG said he did resign in Dallas. And Cooper Rush did, uh, did resign in Dallas. But hey, John, uh, John V has a locker room rant. Make sure that you subscribe to his channel. Those guys do, uh, they talk all around the NFL. Great group of guys. Great show. Uh, give those guys a subscribe and some likes over there. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I just think that it does make a difference. And the other part that makes a difference and that's going to make a difference when it happens is when those pads go on, because all of a sudden you can get hands on and you can get physical and not that they're going to go all out and they're going to be hitting each other. Like, but I mean, I don't know if anybody remembers uh, last year, but, but, uh, Warner knocked a guy out and basically got him, uh, got him t- like kick. He, 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 we didn't see him again after that. And I can't remember who, what the name of the, the, the receiver was, but I mean, he just, it was to the point to where him and Iuk almost went to you know, like, almost went to blows because he thought it was, you know, this is this the time to really be knocking a guy out. And who knows what was said before and, but, and Warner might've gone too far, but, but yeah, when the pads go on, that's when it starts to get chippy. And I think that's when we really get a chance to see what this offensive line's made of, uh, what the guys on the defensive line are, uh, like uh, how that's starting to look and materialize. I, I just, I, I, 
I, I, I start to think about, you know, what, like that we, we, we look too much into things like right now at the beginning, they don't have any pads on, which means that people are getting, I mean, on offense, you're getting releases, but also the offense can't get hands on. I mean, they do, but they don't like, uh, and it's, and those releases are easy, a little bit easier, but it's almost harder to get separation because the offense can't push, can't push either. Then not being able to have your pads on and not being able to be physical is a huge equalizer for the more physical players. Like a guy like George Kittle, uh, Jawan Jennings, like uh, those guys that need the Debo. We talk about a lack of separation from with Debo. Well, Debo kind of needs the physicality, I believe, to get to be able to to get the separation. And there's been a bunch of receivers over the years that they need that that physicality to be present so that they can so they can get open because they're not always the fastest guy. And I don't think that Debo has has that type of uh, release off the line. He's that's something that I've always thought that he needed to work on, but he doesn't get the kind of release that gets him separation right away out the gate. And I was hoping that that'd be something that he would work on. But I think when they get the pads on, I think we'll get a better idea of what that looks like. And um, so I do think the pads make a much bigger of a difference than than the defense than the than the defense because I don't think that we're getting a true look at what this what the offense is capable of without them being allowed to be physical as well as the defense. So the defense is able to kind of have its way for the time being now. And Marcus Johnson. Yes. And I don't know if anybody remembers that, but Marcus Johnson, they had signed him and he's a, he wasn't a small guy. (laughs) He wasn't a small guy, but Warner just lit him up and like laid him out. And uh, again, yeah, IU came to his defense, and it, yeah, it was a whole thing. And people were wondering if they were beefing and all the other stuff. But, but yeah, that's that's what time. It's time to get chippy at that point. And it's things like that that kind of galvanize the team together, even though it kind of knocked the guy off the team because we didn't see him, we didn't really see him after that. He got released soon, sooner, soon after that. But. You've got you like there's just a physical nature that I, the NFL tries to take out of the game, but it's never going to go away. It's impossible. It's impossible to completely take it out of the game. And. Uh, yep, exactly. And uh, twin says, I don't think people get that part unless you play. Plus you played. Uh, I mean, I didn't play. <laughs> I didn't play. Uh, I know. Like, uh, yeah, no, I didn't play. I've just watched the game my whole life. And it's it's always a part I appreciated because I always liked kind of physical sports. I just didn't play football. Um, and, you know, you'd play games that I can't I can't really say the name on air right now. Back in the day, like in the hood, like uh, you would be playing uh, where the, the ones where you can where you catch the. Uh, the football we'd be playing on concrete <laughs> and you catch the ball. You got to get to the other end of the street uh, without getting tackled. And I think a lot of people know what that game is if you're old enough to know, but, uh, but the physical, just growing up with that physical nature and people that have played physical sports, they, they understand that part of uh, being physical adds another element. It adds another element and it's a mentality because some people don't like to be touched. <laughs> Some people don't like to be touched and they and they get they get a little flinchy when when you get hands on them, especially when they feel your strength. And like uh that's uh that is that's an aspect of the game. That's a real part of the game. That's why a lot of these smaller guys, when the OTAs are going on, like they look, oh, they, this guy looks so good. And then uh like a like Deshaun Jameson. I'm willing to bet that he kind of disappears during when the with the pads 
when the pads go on. So, but that's just, that's a real part of football. And they, there's no way that you're ever going to rub that out of football. I mean, there's just no way. Like, uh, it, it would it would make football unwatchable, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, it completely changes. Completely changes. I love it. And uh, and then, but we're. I'm going to talk about you know. I got another question, and maybe the the chat can answer this. Like, uh, so does Lance have to be overwhelmingly great to be considered? Like, uh, like in this competition, in this competition with Purdy, <laughs> like, uh, can he be? Does he have to be overwhelmingly great? And is there anything that he can do to overcome what Purdy did last year to put them put or does Purdy? I mean, would Purdy have to re-injure himself or completely just stink it up all the way through camp? And would that even be enough? Uh, I I just wonder. I don't know that there's anything Trey can do specifically, and. I think that he would look to have he would have to look Mahomes or one of those top quarterbacks esque to to even for Kyle to even think about that. Uh, I think right now he's fully entrenched as as one of the backups, and it's going to have to be something crazy. It's going to have to be a crazy maturation, but. Oh, no, no problem, John. I pre- I appreciate you guys coming through. But uh, but yeah, obviously, it absolutely makes the competitive juices really start to flow. Um, and yeah, and I agree. I don't think he has a chance either. And I feel like it's it sucks. I feel like it sucks that he doesn't. But it's just unfortunate. And I and I talked about this with me and Beto's uh, show yesterday. It's just unfortunate. Because I really think, given the right opportunity that he could have been, that he could be something in Shani's offense, I just think that it's, it's just, it's just not going to work out that way. And because of the timing, it's going to force them to move on prematurely. That's what, that's the feeling that I get. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I see. Uh, he says, unless Trey can play with a zebra out there. <laughs> oh, Dion in the house. Appreciate you coming through, fam. Uh, yes, he does. He has to be amazing. And or Purdy would have to have a setback or Purdy look like absolute garbage. Exactly. That's that. And I don't even know if that would be enough because, I mean, Jimmy looked like complete trash in, in uh, practice. And, and they still... They still picked him. Oh, I guess they didn't. They said that they didn't. But, but yeah, I I just don't know. I I just don't know. I don't know what it would take. I think I just I don't think Purdy can play bad enough for them to disregard what he did last year. And I think they're at least going to give Purdy an opportunity. Now, what I do think is if Purdy goes in there, he's looked at trash in camp the whole time. The the maybe the injury is obviously affecting him. And he gets into the he gets into the regular season and he's gun shy, and he's not the Purdy of old. Like uh, I could see it at that point. Like uh, and then they lose games because they can't move the ball. I could see that. Then I could see it, and that's why I don't think the trade's going to get traded. I think that they still are on a wait and see uh, with everything. I think they want to see it too. I think they want to see Purdy do it again. And I think they want to see him hit where he like kind of jump in where he left off. But and uh yeah, Twin says Brock will get the grace to play through his mistakes. I think he will initially. I think he will initially. But in the beginning, but I think if a couple of games go on and he's not showing progress, I just think that that it's it's possible. I think it's possible because 
just like we talked about earlier, I think Shani wants to win. And I talked about this in the spaces today. Um, is that is that I don't think I think people think that Shani is so is so wants him to start so bad that he's willing to lose to have him start. And I don't think that that's the case. I think that if he if it's not run if the offense isn't running like Shani wants it to, Shani wants to win. And he's going to put the guy in that makes that that helps him do that. Uh, I have full faith in Shani about that. Uh, what Shani has shown us over the years is that he will, he does want things to go his way and he does want to do things his way. But if it's not working, it doesn't even matter if it's midseason or not. He he will change to find something that works at that point. And I don't I don't believe that he's he's above uh sitting Brock at that point. I don't. I don't think that Shani's invested that way in Brock. Like uh, to that point, I think that any player can get it, and uh, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind about that. What did Dion say? Oh yeah. John V says, no matter what you find yourself saying, I don't know. This is normal for a 49er fan. He's, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. And that's what I try to try to stress on my show and what and within, like, you know, you get in Twitter, get on spaces. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. And we try to speculate and we try to and we try to act like, oh, well, it's obvious. <laughs> you know, it's obvious. They've got to do this. It only makes sense for them to do this. They gave up this capital. They've got to do this because every team does it this way. Kyle doesn't care about any of that. I mean, I feel like I know this man at this point, and he doesn't care what you think. He doesn't care what the media thinks. He doesn't care what any of us think. He's going to do what he feels is going to help him win, and he thinks he is the smartest guy in the room. I think that he... Doesn't even it's not even about being the smartest guy in the room. He wants to be the most innovative guy in the room and he's gonna keep trying stuff out. And but and if he go if it doesn't work, he'll find something that does work. But he's going to push the envelope. Because I think he knows that the the league, look at the league. The league copies uh whatever works, they they start copying. You got how many teams out there running some version of the Shanahan offense at this point. There's so many out there now. Like uh, he's got to find because those defenses are going to catch up every year. They're going to find, they're going to find a way to stop what you do well. And so it's up to you to come up with, it's up to those coaches to come up with something new, a new, it's not just a wrinkle. It has to be something that you can do consistently to, uh, to, for that to be your new identity. You cannot if you come in with the same identity every single season, the these defenses will catch up to you and you will be you will you will disappear. That's why so many teams they they're good one year and the next year they collapse. So yeah. <laughs> Twin says you have uh, people that can fly in the simulation, but then you but then you have someone who had flown a real plane. With 150 passengers on at the control center, we'll trust the guy who landed eight times. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't want to be in the plane with the guy that's uh, that's only been in the simulator. Do you? <laughs> and uh, Dion says, oh, no, I already stated Brock is the guy, and Kyle don't want Lance on the field at all. <sighs> Man. I don't necessarily I think he wants Brock to work out. I think that he thinks Brock is is the guy and I think that he he wants Brock to to win because that's the guy he chose. I mean, no, I don't think at this point he wants to see cuz if that if he sees Trey on the field then that means he was wrong. And I don't think anybody thinks that Kyle likes to be wrong. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean, I I I I believe that. I don't think he wants to see Trey on the field either. John says, by the time uh, 
Oh, Rick Diaz in the house. Appreciate you coming through, fam. Uh, like, uh, I pre- man, chat's going off. Like, I appreciate you guys. And I got to get back to some of these other points. But, but yeah, I love the questions. I love the energy. And the, uh, oh, I appreciate you about the hat. Like, uh, uh, my wife likes this hat, too. She, uh, she, she doesn't like some of my other hats, but she likes this hat. Oh, this is a great point, Twin. The best prediction of the future is past actions. I mean, it you you all you have to do is look at the history. And it goes this bleeds into so many facets of life in general, but specifically but specifically for sports and for I mean Sometimes the answer is just right in front of our face because it's happened 20 times and we just don't want to acknowledge it. Every year, uh, the 49er, 49er fans go crazy. Uh, they want their they want their trophy. They want their Lombardi. They want their other championship. Uh, they think that they know what's best for, uh, and they argue about the same things every single season. And, uh, and but But some of them make, they think that that makes them experts some of them and it makes them think that, that that means that Kyle needs to go because because he can't get us a trophy okay well there's 32 other teams and that are all trying to do the same thing like we have a really good coach who has who's put a real good culture in place I don't want Kyle going anywhere I don't know about anybody else but I I, I don't want Kyle going anywhere I think that if you brought in another person at this point, it would have to be a complete teardown because everything is built around Kyle's culture that he's bought that he's brought in here. So that, that's a it's a risky proposition. And uh no, Dion. He says he guarantees Brock will be allowed to go through his ups and downs and won't be benched at all. He'd rather lose with Brock than win with Trey. That's not true. I don't think so. I, I think Kyle wants to win. I, I think he wants to win, and I don't think he cares how he's got to get those wins. He's gonna. He. I don't. Th- I think he. It's a pot. I think it was an unpopular decision that he's choosing Brock over Trey, and as a as a whole with the fan base and. And I think that, but he chose that because Brock was undefeated. Brock was undefeated and two playoff games. And it took a fluke injury for, for him to, for him, for them not to win. So, yeah, I mean, I'm giving Brock some time. Like to get, uh, to get acclimated. I don't, I think he's going to get, he's going to, he's going to catch back up. I think he's going to get back in rhythm. I'd be shocked if he was if he really turned out bad. But if it did, if it did, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Trey got a chance. Trey's going to get a chance to start at some point this year. Brock is little. Brock is little and not that I'm wishing injury upon anybody, but he couldn't get all the way through 8 games with he had an oblique injury. People forget about the oblique injury too that he had that almost took him out of one game. Another game like uh Let's see if he can get through the the bumps and bruises of an entire of an entire 17 game season. That's another aspect that people just are not talking about. And I and I don't I don't understand why because he's little. He looks little. Like I mean he's not a and when I say he looks little, it's not that he's short per se, it's that but he's slight of frame. His frame isn't isn't big. And I feel like like if the if some of these defensive linemen blew on him too hard, pause that it would be that that he might blow away sometimes. Like I, he just looks slight of frame. So, yeah, I don't know. But man, y'all y'all got a lot of stuff. And John says, it's like I tell you and the fellas in the group chat, I have no problem with the coach having an ego among 53 alpha males, but ego driven, that's reckless. And sometimes I feel like he's exactly that. I, I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. 
there is Kyle frustrates all of us at times just because I do think he is he, he has a crazy ego and I don't think he likes admitting that he's wrong. I don't think I think it takes a lot for him to get to that point and just change what he's doing. I feel like it takes him too long sometimes. But at the same time, you can't argue with the fact that with the fact that I mean, he wins. He's he wins. The last the last 3 seasons we don't really I remember the last two two seasons, I guess two seasons. Uh we don't really have anything to really complain about with Kyle. I mean, last year we were we were running on all cylinders uh to, until arms until Brock's arm got torn off. So like I don't really have anything to complain per se about Kyle other than he's uh, he's not putting in the quarterback that we want to see. That's it. And Oh, and it and okay. So this is this is the thing. Kyle been wrong about the QB position since he got here. Okay, so I mean he didn't have the cover was bare when he got here, right? Then he picked CJ Beathard to bring in, uh, which didn't yeah didn't work out. It <laughs> didn't work out. Like, uh, but then they convinced him to take Jimmy Garoppolo who looked good down the stretch. And then the next year, Garoppolo got hurt right away, right? So that was a lost year. They weren't going to move on from him then. Then 2019 comes, they go to the Super Bowl. It would have, it would only be, it would only be, uh, you, you wouldn't, you would have thought at that point that Jimmy was going to take a jump that next year because he hadn't really played many games. Like, I mean, other than 2019, that was the first season he had had that he didn't get hurt. Like, uh, and he had been backing up in New England, so he wasn't really playing in New England. Like, uh, so there was no reason for them to believe that he wasn't going to develop. And they thought they had they had a guy in place at that point. They got to the Super Bowl. and and then And then after that, he gets hurt again. And then the whole team gets hurt. And they've got Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard playing in his place. And but he's still kind of winning games. He was it wasn't terrible. They still ended up with like the 12th pick that year. And and then the next season, like Jimmy comes back, or they got Trey, they they draft Trey Lance, but Jimmy's gonna start because they need they know they need a year for Lance to develop. And it ends up being a pish posh year. Uh, the next year, uh, it was supposed to be Lance's year. He got hurt. Like, uh, you could say that he didn't that he didn't choose Deshaun Watson or Pat Mahomes, but a lot of teams didn't choose those guys. A lot of guys didn't, and I don't think that they were they weren't can't miss prospects. I think that they both. Uh, I think that there was something that they saw that they didn't want in Deshaun Watson. And I think we looked on it on it now. <laughs> we look at it now and who knows, maybe it was something that they saw something in his character, but I I don't I don't know. I don't want to speak on that man like uh, cuz I don't know him. Like uh, but who knows? Because they have a specific type of guy that they like. Uh so I I don't uh I don't I don't know. I don't blame him entirely for the quarterback situation because there's a lot of teams that cannot find a quarterback to save their lives. And uh and developing a quarterback, I think it's up to the quarterback to develop themselves a lot of the time. Uh, I think I don't think that it's the the head coach you, you're not going to find a lot of head coaches that are developing the quarterback. Like uh there's a lot of guys that uh they put things in place for that quarterback to succeed. But developing is a whole nother thing. Like, uh, I don't think Bill Belichick developed Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't think he developed him. I think that he just put him in a position to succeed. You let him be a game manager for years, and then, and then once once he once he was confident in Tom's ability, then then he started to open up the offense. But but yeah, 
I mean, we could go round round about that. And what else we got? But real quick before I get out of here, because I've got to get out of here. <laughs> you guys had too many good questions today. Like uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't fair, but. I do want to talk about last thing I want to talk about is Drake Jackson that I do want to talk about the defense as overall. And a couple of guys got brought up today. Um, Drake Jackson, Steve Wilkes talked about Drake Jackson, talked about Cleveland Farrell and looking great. And, you know, setting Drake Jackson, they, they specifically talked about him setting the edge in the run. And that uh, I remember Jack Hammer was the one uh, today that, that said in one of his articles that he did, he was setting the edge consistently, which is something that he wasn't necessarily good at. And that I know that I'd said earlier in this off season that I was looking to see if he could set the edge in the run. And I thought that was going to go a long way into him getting extra snaps and being and staying on the field because his athleticism, I think going against single coverage all season long is going to only benefit him. And it's another reason why I think he's going to be a monster. I think Cleveland Farrell, them even mentioning Cleveland Farrell, I think this was a guy that had first-round talent. And when you get a guy, uh, like when all of a sudden now he he has Bosa and Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead uh, next to him, and you've got uh, the other guys behind him in Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw backing him up, all of a sudden, you start to look a lot better than what you did on a team that just had no direction. The Raiders had no direction on defense. Can anybody even tell me what kind of scheme they even run uh, on defense? Like, uh, they just had no direction. And that's why the 49ers like to pluck guys off of the Raiders <laughs> uh, like, and use them for themselves. <laughs> and when they get here, they're, they turn into... To good players because they Arden Key and Maurice Hurst they, they they ended up being pretty decent players here because because yeah they didn't they weren't doing them themselves they weren't relying on themselves and uh, so and uh, Javon he did mention Javon Hargrave has like showing off his like uh, apparently his first step is explosive looking and it's just as like as advertised as when he was on the Eagles. Uh, and people talk a lot about that Eagles defensive line. I think the 49ers have just as much talent on their defensive line. And I think that they're going to show up and show out. I think it's going to be not even close this year as long as everybody can stay healthy as to who has the best front seven in this league. I don't care what Warren Sharp says. Any any list, any top 10 list of front sevens in the league that does not have the 49ers in number one is fraudulent. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Uh, and I would challenge you. It's definitely not the Miami Dolphins. I don't know where you would even get that. Like, Because I could think of a couple of other front sevens probably that, that would be better than Miami. Like, uh, But, yeah. It, but it looks like Javon Hargrave's going to be just as advertised. And all we're hoping now is just let's just stay healthy, y'all let's just stay healthy can we stay healthy and and uh twin says let's go drake yeah different drake because i can't stand the other drake <laughs> uh do right and kill everything yeah <laughs> exactly it's i mean that's that's really chris kasarik's uh Mantra, like, uh, I mean, all he does is tell guys to go and kill. Like, so, man, uh, but I appreciate the chat. I pre appreciate everyone for coming in today. We're going to be here all off season for y'all. We're going to talk, and I love the energy in the chat. You guys were just outstanding tonight, as always. And But make sure that you give this, this video a like. Make sure that you give it a subscribe. Make sure that you hit the bell so you get the notifications for when I go live. And tell a friend to tell a friend so we can be friends every day, every week. This is going to be my last show of this week. 
but uh, and I will be back on I, if something big happens because I'm literally looking forward to the Bosa contract. If the Bosa contract comes, I might do a little short uh, reaction show. But um, but yeah, if uh, but otherwise, I'll be back on Monday and. And yeah, you can find this video on YouTube. You can find it on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me anywhere where you can get your audio podcasts. I don't care where you get it. Just get it. And like I said, hit up all my guys that are in the chat. Twin, John V, uh, like, so I should say their their channels. Twin Empire, uh, Locker Room Rant, uh, C... CG, I'm. I think he changed his name to his page now. To uh, what did he change it to? Because he left his man. Y'all had so many comments. Spotlight Sport 49ers talk. So maybe look up that on on uh, on YouTube uh, on YouTube. But but yeah. And then Brian Culp, appreciate you coming through. Niner Gang, Dion, always a pleasure. Make sure that you that you subscribe to my guy Dion. It, it, it's a lot of people. <laughs> it's a lot of people. It's a lot of perspectives. And everybody's got their own thing. So you can you can subscribe to all of us and you're gonna get something different. We're just like a pack of now and laters. Like uh, it is what it is. And uh, but all of us got flavor. And, but I appreciate you guys, and I will see you. Uh Net, net, well, hopefully I'll see you as soon as the Bosa contract. Hopefully that that hits either tomorrow or Saturday. Uh, but if not, I will see you guys on Monday. And you guys have a great rest of your week and great weekend if I don't see you. But as always, go Niners.